Hello, welcome. It's uh, another Monday, another episode, another podcast. This week, I'm going to be talking with uh, my very good friend Michael Allen. Do you want to say what's up? Hello. <laughs> uh, this guy, I've known him for about a year. He's a super cool. He's, he's really into the whole philosophy and spiritual kind of side of things, and he's very uh, an interesting guy. So I really wanted to get him on here, and I'm very glad that we got to do this. But yeah, definitely. Yeah. So you want to talk a little bit about yourself? You know, where are you from? You know, that kind of thing. Um, born and raised in Minnesota, um, grew up in Bloomington. Mm-hmm. Um, we all know about the same people, went to the same schools, yeah. work around the same places. So. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, I was curious. I want to talk about, first I want to get into, how did you get onto this kind of spiritual thing? You know, what stemmed from getting in such a, you know, you have a very high level of understanding of a lot of things. What made you get into that? Um, <clears throat> well, my dad is a religious philosophy major and so down in our basement we just have hundreds of books on Mm -hmm. uh, philosophy and different kinds of religion and although that wasn't the path that he took because he's a product manager for a chemical liner company you know like um, he still practices that that stuff and so Mm -hmm. a lot of that was um, you just around that in that environment kind of thing yeah and and my parents aren't like religious or anything they kind Mm -hmm. of let us find our own path right and so i think that's something that is really important so for me so i had a longboarding accident when i was 16 and um we were over in highland trails and i was with two other people and one of them was super inexperienced Mm -hmm. and so we went over that bridge around that s yeah and i was carving really hard because you start picking up speed yeah and I looked behind me and uh, I heard him fly off his board into the grass. And so I was on like an outward carve and I turned over my shoulder to look at him. And when I did that, I just hit some sand or something and lost my balance and totally. Was that like right where, you know, there's a triangle of like the right three... before that. Yeah. Okay. And so uh, I hit head first. Mm-hmm. And so I rolled and then sat up, felt my head, saw the blood and, uh, there was a guy with his daughter sitting. There was like a bench there. Oh, yep, the picnic and, table. And uh, he comes running over, and he was a concussion specialist for the NFL. What? So it's just like how, you know, <laughs> and he's like looking at my eyes, and he's like, yes, you have a concussion. Like, you need to go to the hospital. Wow. And, uh, you know, like right before we left, just like moms do, she's like, wear your helmet, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it was in my trunk, and I went to grab it, and I set it back in my trunk. I closed the trunk and then that's what happened like, you know, 15 minutes after she had said that. Right. And so um, I went to the the hospital and they told me that they couldn't believe that the swelling had stopped because they thought it, you know, it could have been much worse. And so Mm -hmm. I really felt like I had a second chance at that point. Right. And so kind of granted this because you were not expected to go through like they were surprised that you were still there basically. Yeah. And everything was, it was just fine. You know, mm-hmm. that's so insane. I recovered from that and, um, decided to take more of a meaningful path in my life and mm-hmm. to do things right. You know, so there was no surgery or anything you had to get done. Or... No surgery, mm-hmm. just, uh, the gravel they had to pick out <laughs> from my side. I, I had, I had, uh, just scrapes all from my knee all the way up down my back. Wow. Yeah. So, so you've read a fair amount of books and a fair amount of things about all these different theories and philosophies and whatnot. What is the one that stands out to you most that you practice the most that, you know, you take very, uh, in your daily life and, you know, your daily routine, what do you use the most? (laughs) 
Uh, I don't know if I can just pull something out of my brain, but no, that's fair. Okay, um, we'll give a couple. You know, like what are the ones that you focus on the most, or that you think relate to you the most, or you know that kind of thing. I think for me, something that I practice in my life is mm-hmm. I, I always think about something that Carl Sagan uh, said, the great oh, yeah. science communicator, the great yeah, physicist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He said that the more that you know, the more you know what you don't know, and so I practice that as. The more information I learn, uh, the more I see, the more doors that open in my life. And mm. it's just like, you just realize how much you were in the dark. And right. so um, it opens up a whole new thing of experiences and knowledge and power and that kind of thing. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Uh, I guess the other one is that, um, none of us, n- none of us chose to be here. You know, we didn't choose this life. <laughs> And so I think that the great thing about that is that you have the ability to choose certain things in your life. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Um, and it may be constricted and constrained in certain ways and mm-hmm. everyone has obstacles and challenges to go through, mm-hmm. but there's always something you can change. There's, mm-hmm. there's uh, and you need to focus on those things instead of the things that you can't change. Yeah. Well, so like everyone is here, you know, we can't, there's no changing that. It wasn't here by choice, but you think that like throughout our life we have choice. Yeah. what you're saying? Yeah. Okay, cool. That's really good. I like that. Cause a lot of people feel stuck and mm-hmm. it's like, uh, they think there's nothing they can do about it. There's nothing they can do, but you know, someone mm-hmm. I listen to is, um, Jordan Peterson. Oh He's yeah. He's becoming yeah. very popular right now. He's a yeah. psychologist. I've heard of him. And, uh, he's right now going on tour with, um, like Sam Harris and, uh, the Weinstein brothers okay. and they're going around trying to like talk to people and have these great longstanding conversations. Yeah. But, um, Jordan, he wrote 12, 12 rules for life, how to order chaos. Mm. And, um, one of his, one of his rules is clean your room. And so a lot of people like they think that the government and society is just oppressing them and, and there's nothing they can do about it. Sure. But there's one thing you can do and you can clean your room <laughs> And your room is a microcosm of your life. And if it's messy and unorganized, mm-hmm. most likely the rest of your life is messy and unorganized. That's fair. And if you just make your bed every day and you clean up your room and everything, you wake up to that mm-hmm. organized, you know. That's interesting. It's not as chaotic. I've also heard too, people who have a regular, uh, people who work out regularly tend to have more energy and are more productive because that, you know, when you're bringing your body to exhaustion or you're working your muscles constantly, you know, you're getting, you're all these new muscles are forming and they need to have more energy than your other ones that were already existing. Mm-hmm. But that's really cool. Yeah. And, and when you, uh, and when you work out, cause that's something my sister, she was on jury duty recently, recently, and she was mm-hmm. just sitting around all day. Sure. She's like, why am I so exhausted? Mm-hmm. And I think it's because when you're not stressing your body, you're not eliciting a, a, a dopamine epinephrine response like serotonin. Mm-hmm. You're not, um, you're not leveling out your chemicals in your body. And oh, so sure. when you do work out, that's what your body is. There's a stress response and mm-hmm. it's kind of balancing you out. And if you don't have that, it's like your body's just ready to go to bed all day. Cause mm-hmm. it's just like, well, you're just hanging out. You're not doing any activity. Right. You know, that's yeah. So is that, do you run then? I, I know you're really into running, but do you work out a lot or is that what, is that what you do instead of working out? You run? Yeah. Okay. Run, lift, hike. Mm-hmm. And the other day I hiked 15 miles with a 55 pound pack on. Really? Yeah. Where at? Uh, I started at Moyer. Um, it took me five and a half hours. Jeez. I walked like down through Nine Mile, and it's all flooded through there. So I had my snake boots on. Wow. I go up to my knee that are waterproof. And, yeah. Um, 
That's crazy. Yeah. So just trying to do things to keep me active. That's really cool. Yeah. Are you still doing the? I know last year when I talked to you, you said you were really into ice baths and you were into that. Are you still doing that? Uh, I'm still doing it. Not as not as much as I was. Okay. Um, I was supposed to go on a trip this January to um, Poland to climb Mount Schnitza with someone called Wim Hof. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. But, uh, you know, money issues that just yeah. didn't pan out. But mm-hmm. still practicing that. And I'm hoping that there's going to be something in, like, California or somewhere in the local you know so what was it why were you doing this (laughs) so uh i got into wim hof um a couple years ago and he's blown up since but uh he holds a bunch of world records for like sitting in ice bath for you know hours at a time okay swimming underwater he swam like uh however many meters it was 60 Mm -hmm. meters 100 meters he swam underneath ice and it was, you know, the water's freezing. Um, and his, he was underneath the water for seven minutes. His, wow. his retinas ended up freezing and he got lost under the water. <laughs> and it was just a test run. So they were just hoping that he was going to come back out. But the divers had to go and get him, mm-hmm. you know. And so. That's insane. He ran, he, ran a, he ran a marathon in the desert with no water. He's climbed Everest in his shorts. Just all these crazy records that he's yeah. made. And so what he's able to do is he's able to maintain his core body temperature through breathing techniques okay. and cold exposure. Mm. And over time, he's been able to do something that most people thought that we were unable to do. Mm-hmm. And now all these people are going to Europe to go meet him or he's starting a bunch of stuff in the United States. And, mm-hmm. and uh, all these people are able to just walk in the snow in their shorts or sit in an ice bath for half an hour, an hour where most people would get hypothermia very quickly. But, um, Harvard's doing a bunch of studies. There's a bunch of, um, different universities in the, in Europe that are doing studies on him. And, Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that's awesome. Pretty amazing. When you talk about breathing, I know that was a, that was something we always used to talk about when we were meditating and stuff back when we worked at QVP together and Mm -hmm. we always have these conversations. Are you still very into focusing on meditating regularly and focusing on your breathing? Yeah. So to go back when I, when I had my uh, concussion, yeah, yeah. Um, that's when I really started picking up meditation. Okay. So I've been meditating consistently since I was 16 years old. Wow. Um, and so I'm 23 now. Uh, and that's been something that, you know, when like, when the world seems like it's too much and life is, uh, overbearing or whatever. And, and the weight of reality is just resting on your shoulders and you can't get your mind off something. Mm-hmm. Meditation has been there for me where I can just relax and mm-hmm. let go. And it just relieves all of that anxiety or, you know, whatever that is, the, and how I was curious about this. So you, you get in that mindful or that state when you're meditating and you relieve all that stress. Then when you come out of it, how quickly does all that stress and all that weight come back? I mean, yeah, it's going to come back, but, mm-hmm. uh, it varies. It depends on how long I meditate. If it's just 10 minutes, you know, that might give me a couple hours to just relax or it might okay. give me 30 minutes to just relax. Mm-hmm. I used to do that when we worked at Q on my lunch break, I'd take 10 minutes to just sit there and breathe and center yourself some days where i i can't meditate right now it's just you know too Too much too much or Mm -hmm. i would get right into it and i'd feel great for the rest of the day Mm -hmm. you know if i didn't get enough sleep just that 10 minutes of meditation and just calming yourself um i don't know the exact science behind it but it it definitely helps and so that's awesome you know if i'll do like the sensory deprivation tanks yeah um if i do one of those i was doing those once a month 
I'd be good for most of the month. Wow. Do you want to explain to the people who don't know what, what is a sensory deprivation tank? A sensory deprivation tank. It looks like, uh, I mean, they have some high tech ones now, like they have float rooms that you can go into. That's nuts. Um, they have some super high tech ones, but I do one that's a little bit older. It was one of the first versions kind of looks like a, a large refrigerator that Mm -hmm. you like climb into or like a freezer. Yeah. Um, and, uh, it's, thousands of pounds of epsom salt and uh like saline and stuff that it's uh the water's really warm so you get in there and it kind of feels like a a tropical kind of environment <laughs> but the point is is that when you get into the water um the water and your skin become the same temperature as well as the air mm. and so eventually you start to lose feeling of your body and you mm-hmm. become very cerebral and so Um, It feels like you're floating. It feels like you're floating. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, most sessions are like an hour, an hour and a half. Okay. Um, But I'd go in there and since I've been meditating so long, I could do it for a really long time Mm -hmm. because I could just lay on the floor to four to six hours or lay outside and just do that for a long time. So getting in the tank, it was even better because it just, it removes all of your senses Mm -hmm. and uh, you just become, like I said, when you're thinking like when you're in that tank for that long, are you just thinking about nothing, you know, because are you like, do you just see a white canvas and you're (laughs) existing? Uh, I mean, uh, you go on a journey. I mean, your thoughts could be just racing or you could be thinking about certain things that are going on in your life. And Mm -hmm. that's, I'll use partially use the tank as a way to think about things and work through things and come to solutions of like that kind of thing. Yeah. And it almost seems like your subconscious will, um, put things out there for you so mm-hmm. that you can work on certain things. Oh, sure. Um, but when I meditate, um, I use, I mean, I'll go in there for four hours at a time some, sometimes. That's and so insane. I can do these long standing meditations and have some very, um, to say the least, interesting experiences. Yeah. Well, haven't you gotten really deep into your subconscious before and other things? Like, yeah. I know you've told me stories that have been like pretty surreal for you. Yeah. And I mean, I would say that I'm fairly agnostic about, um, higher powers mm-hmm. and because I, because I know that I really don't know anything for sure right. or for certain. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've had experiences that would lead me to believe that, you know, there's just, it's just, there's just much more to this than what we perceive. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so, so one experience I had was when I meditate, I breathe into this inner space in my mind okay. and it's, it, we want to look through our eyes, mm-hmm. but really if you can focus past that, it's almost as if like a room opens up in front of you Okay. and I'll breathe into that space. And a lot of times I'll see certain lights or things that will go with my breath. Oh, okay. And as those lights get more Mm, and more closer, further away. Yeah. The experience starts to get, um, more intense. Yeah. And and the less I feel my body, the more in my mind I feel. Um, so as I keep breathing into that space, yeah. You know, uh, the light gets more and more. Mm-hmm. Um, and so one of the experiences I had where I totally lost feeling of my body, um, that breath was breathing with that light. I felt this fuzziness in my chest. I felt fuzziness up in my forehead. Mm-hmm. It was almost like I had left my body at a certain point and kind of went into that light. So that was this weird experience. Like I'm completely sober. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, it was just like, I wasn't sure what was happening and, do you know how long was that one? Was that like one of those that, four hours? Like it was it long? Yeah, it was probably four and a half hours. And it's, you can't really tell yeah, whether it's 10 minutes or an hour or mm-hmm. if 30 seconds have passed or five minutes. It's mm-hmm. time becomes irrelevant. 
but what happened with that is that um, at that point, I felt as if I had lost my ego and myself mm-hmm. and all of my experiences and everything as my body was like filling up, were just slipping away. Mm-hmm. And I had felt that who I was and what I thought I was really didn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. And I felt completely connected to everything else. Okay. And Interesting. something, once I got to the space, um, and I don't know where I was or what was happening, but I, I had felt as if something was like holding me like a baby and saying, everything's okay. Like it was like so comforting. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I, like I said, I felt connected like one with everything else. And, um, did you, so you, you basically lost yourself in that moment, but as well as a very like transcendent, just like, Mm -hmm. uh, out of body experience and the moment i was like whoa 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 what's hat like where 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 is me where yeah. am i mm-hmm. and i started feeling like i was losing myself i just snapped right back because it wow. was it was scary it was like you know i it had never felt like that before right you felt like you were kind of separated from everything yeah and so i i, I take that experience with a grain of salt you know like it was mm-hmm. Has that ever happened before? Is that the only time it's happened? After the, after I had that experience, I've had it happen many times after that. Oh wow! And so I, I've I've uh, I've looked for um, knowledge and other people's experiences to try to compare, mm-hmm. and everyone's gonna have different experiences. But oh sure, that seems to be a very common thing that people go through, like a separation from themselves and from reality. Kind yeah, of thing. and a, and a feeling of oneness and connectivity with everything. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and. Uh, before when I started the spiritual journey, like before it was like, I was totally science. It was mm-hmm. like, it's either this or that. Well, aren't you still, weren't you going to school last year for science too? Or what was, uh... my, my, deg- my degree is kinesiology. Okay. I'm going to go for physical therapy. Okay, cool. Um, but you know, that again, I'll take that experience with a grain of salt. Our mm-hmm. brain's just a, a vat of chemicals that are giving us basically a hallucination. Yeah. Yeah. And so anything you know you, you can't just say oh i saw god or something like that it's mm-hmm. maybe you know so. it's all yeah that's insane mm-hmm. <laughs> i can't even fathom what that would be like to experience <laughs> sure but um i wanted to touch on so you were talking about going through these sensory deprivation chambers didn't you do one at the u and it was like a record setting no i i did it at a the, I I went to a certain location and no one had gone past an hour and a half. Okay. And I I ended up doing six hours. Jeez. And so, um, so they gave me a deal. They were like, "This is ridiculous. Like, we'll we'll cut you a deal. No one's mm-hmm. done this. Not even the owner has gone that long before." Mm-hmm. Um, but after I did that, uh, someone had said, "Hey, they're doing the study at the U. Oh yeah. Um, why don't you get a hold of somebody?" And mm-hmm. that that didn't end up happening. But um, I checked in with their studies and stuff. And yeah. That's insane. Yeah. I don't know how you, how you go six hours just sitting in a pool of water. That is something that I can't even like. (laughs) Just like, just like when you start running for the first time, running a mile is going to be tough, but after a month of running or Mm -hmm. a year of running, you're going to be able to run five, 10 miles or, you know, whatever you can do. So the same thing with meditation, Mm -hmm. I could sit on the floor for 10 minutes and it felt like the longest 10 minutes of my life, but doing it for almost 10 years, Mm -hmm. um, I'm able to just sit in that space for a really long time. I suppose it becomes more natural, you know, sitting in that space for 10 minutes is like 30 seconds. Yeah. That's crazy. (laughs) 
Uh, I wanted to touch a little bit. You were talking about running, uh, and that's a very big thing for you. I know you just set a very big goal for running a thousand miles. Yeah. So let's talk about that. Why did you want to challenge yourself to run a thousand miles? I think it's really important to set goals. And if, and if you just want something and you want it to happen, I think it's better to make a plan. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I, I had been running three to six miles every day anyways. And so I thought, you know, I just need a little bit more push to, to keep going and let's just make a goal. And I was like, why not a thousand miles by before snowfall? Mm -hmm. Um, how close are you right now? Uh, I have, <laughs> I have 950 miles to go <laughs> about. So, but I just, I just had a hamstring injury. So I've been out for two weeks, Yeah, that's crazy. but it's about 30, 30 to 50 miles a week. That's insane. Yeah. Um, do you think, uh, setting these goals for you and setting these challenges, is there, any times when you think that, you know, these goals are too, like when you were thinking about running a thousand miles, that sounds insane. You know, what made you think that that's obtainable? Well, it might not be, but, okay. but I'm aiming for it. You're, yeah. You're curious if it's possible. Right. And I was thinking about it earlier, you know, some goals, um, like I want to look like Arnold Schwarzenegger in a month. It's mm -hmm. not going to happen unless you're already close to looking like that. Right. You know, a more t obtainable goal might be like, I want to look like Arnold Schwarzenegger in 10 years, you mm -hmm. know, like when he was in his prime. Yeah. And that's more of a, a realistic goal. And I think that's mm -hmm. something that you need to keep in mind is when you set certain goals is to keep it realistic mm -hmm. and truly know your abilities and what you can and can't do. Sure. And so I just, I made that goal. I might not hit it. I might hit mm -hmm. it, but it's the, it's the attempt that, that matters well that was so when you say realistic um, me and alex are talking about this this morning when someone says that i don't i don't like that word because i think you could take anything as realistic you know to say you could easily you could run a thousand miles but it might not be you know before snowfall but you could run a thousand miles you know what i mean so yeah. there's no i don't like when someone says oh well make pra sure practical yeah like those kind of words it's i think anything is possible it just might not be possible you know in a month like you're saying but you could do it in 10 years right so it's not like it's not possible it just might take longer right or i'm i'm 42 years old and i want to become a professional basketball player but i've never played basketball before mm -hmm. like that's just it's not well, gonna happen i know? mean who's why not what's the why why do you say that it's not possible <laughs> maybe maybe I'll, okay. I'll give you a 0.001% chance that he might get a 10 day contract and play for an NBA team. But if you've never played before in your life and mm -hmm. you're already in your forties, mm -hmm. okay, let's say they're 71. <laughs> they're not going to join the NBA. It's sure. just not going to happen. So yeah. in that sense, realistic, mm -hmm. you know, you have to take that into account. I can't fly, mm -hmm. you know, I can't just go out well, in the yard and jump up to the air and start flying. It's no, but you can get into a tin can and you can fly across the country. It's true. Which is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. But I don't, I mean, I agree with you in that respect. So, you know, there are things that you have to be grounded and that aren't, you know, like pigs don't fly and all these kinds of things or whatever. Yes. There's rules and constraints to mm -hmm. this. But I also think that we don't know our true limits because a lot of us, you know, there's so much more that we don't know. Like you were saying earlier, there's so many things that we still have to discover, you know, so many different breakthroughs and other things that I think that we haven't found yet that could potentially lead us to these other amazing things. But yeah, almost an infinite amount of information that we could learn. Yeah. I think Neil deGrasse Tyson, not to sound crass or anything, but the other day he said someone was grilling him about a position that he had on something and he, he, because he was saying that we know some kind of objective truth and 
and he was like, that's not what I meant. Um, he was like, we have learned so much and we still don't know shit. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, right. just, you know, which is cool. Be humble, it, you know, for mm-hmm. what we do know. But that was the other thing for how much that we know and how much that we already know about who we are as individuals in our world and our environment and the universe and all these things. Think about how relative it is to the infinite universe that, you know, like we are as an existing and how small that we are, that we're just this dot on this like floating through a black nothingness, right. essentially. Yeah. Which is insane. Yeah. And we can only see, uh, you know, 80, 88 billion light years across. Mm-hmm. You know, we can only see so much this vast, huge thing. Are you into astrology and that kind of thing or like looking at the universe as a whole? Or I guess, what is that called or considered? Uh, cosmology yeah like looking at all those kind of sure i think astrology looking at signs and like the leo and stuff like that Mm -hmm. um i think that was just a tool that people use for a long time okay um and now it's become more of a uh observation well people attach it to all these different things but right it's more of a broad word yeah and yeah so but uh as far as being interested in space Mm -hmm. and um our reality in general yeah Mm -hmm. it's do you ever, when you go through these uh, insane, like, in-depth meditations and these crazy things, do you ever think about, you know, reasons why we're here, you know, those, like, life questions? Do you ever go through those thoughts and those processes? Like, like meaning and purpose? Yeah, yeah. Uh, of course, yes. Do you, have you, do you think you've ever come up with, you know, any sort of breakthroughs with your own life or certain things when you go through those? All the time. Really? Yeah. Okay, I was curious. As far as just sitting down for a couple hours and thinking to yourself, mm-hmm. of course you're going to come to certain conclusions. Does it? Do you think those have helped you a lot, or do you think sometimes it hinders you? I think when life becomes overwhelming and you mm-hmm. don't know how to handle it, mm-hmm. because you're coming to certain conclusions that are, you're having certain epiphanies about certain things, that can be difficult. But mm-hmm. um, I think that's just a way to grow from that experience and learn how to deal with that and okay yeah that's sick yeah <laughs> cool um so i don't know you you went through a lot you just like hammered out so much stuff that went <laughs> so quick i'm just like trying to process everything that you talked about uh, one thing is i you know like i said i'm i'm not certain about anything and from all the philosophy that i've read mm-hmm. um I don't think there's much that we can be certain about. You know, there's things like gravity that are pretty consistent. Yeah. We're still not exactly sure what that is and how it affects our universe as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as like sitting down and, and thinking in an existential and philosophical way, uh, I'm not saying that there isn't meaning to this life, but it sure seems like there isn't meaning to this life or oh, this yeah. experience in general. And what, really matters is you being able to come to that conclusion and give yourself meaning. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think from other podcasts that you guys have done, people come on here and say what makes them happy, you know? And I think that that's super important. You have to figure out like what is going to drive you to Mm -hmm. keep making positive changes in your life so that you can have more happiness Mm -hmm. because life is very up and down. And I think it's very, there's going to be tragedies throughout your life that you're going to have to deal with where you're not going totally. to, you're not going to be happy. And there's going to be mm-hmm. a lot of rough times. And mm-hmm. so you need to find those things mm-hmm. that keep you happy that you can go back to. Okay. You know? And uh, that brings up a good point. Cause I know we used to talk a lot about, you were very adamant about how life 
is about suffering and you can't have happiness without suffering. And I know last year I was very adamant in saying that happiness is like this one track thing. And I've obviously grown quite a bit and I've had, you know, my perspectives have changed, but I was curious if you still have that same view, you know, that life revolves around suffering, you know, that kind of thing. I mean, uh, (laughs) I, I, I agree with the Buddhists in a lot of ways. Um, you know, and there's not there's not one view that I have that I'm just set, set. on and okay. say that life is suffering and mm-hmm. and that's all it is. And then we can only know happiness through our suffering. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that there there is a lot of suffering to life. And again, we did not choose to have this experience. And you are going to have to go through a lot of tragedy, and you are going to grow old and die, and all mm-hmm. of the, everything's going to end at some point. And so you have to be able to adapt adapt and overcome those moments and and you're not going to just be happy all the time but you're going to have happy experiences and happy times and Mm -hmm. you know that's what really matters do you think that um when you are in these states of suffering what's the best way that you deal with to ground yourself and think about those happy you know what do you do to stay motivated and stay happy through these negative situations um so a couple things i i meditate to try to just close that off and clear my mind Mm -hmm. um I try to keep the big picture in mind. I think that perspective is very important. And oh, totally. I was talking to someone the other day about this where it was most people tend to look through. I, I think about it like this, like you're looking through a telescope mm-hmm. and that's all you see right now. Oh, yeah. And yeah. that's what your life is. It's routine. It's stressful. You have all these things to do. Mm-hmm. You don't have time to think about why we're here and and what this is yeah why are we sitting at this table with two mics at our faces talking right. yeah and so uh i think that it's important to be able to instead of looking through that telescope lean back and look at your uh what's around you you know mm-hmm. it, it, metaphorically you know yeah um and just take a step back and a lot of times when you step away from the telescope and you're not looking at just that that frame of reference yeah, that tunnel vision it can be overwhelming and people want to go right back to that because whatever they were just at was safe and mm-hmm. comfortable and it's what they know right and i think that's a lot is what we want in this is to be comfortable and mm-hmm. safe and have things easy but and, and and having some of that in your life is good but i think mm-hmm. that that is about the worst thing you can do to to be happy and i think what it really is is important is getting yourself out of your comfort zone um, working really hard because if you work really hard at something and you accomplish mm-hmm. it with whatever it is, you're going to feel better about yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah. What are your opinions on fear then? Cause I know it's very fearful to go out step away from that. Tell us hundred percent. Okay. Um, I think that you just need to practice letting go of fear mm-hmm. and fear is a very important thing. You know, like, uh, we've been cliff jumping before and mm-hmm. there's been a couple times where I was like, I, don't I don't think this is safe yeah. and I'm just not going to do it. You know, if it's, mm-hmm. if I, if I truly feel that it's not okay, I'm not mm-hmm. going to do it, but there's little things that you can overcome, you mm-hmm. know, and you just can't, you, you're not going to go do something ridiculous or um, like quitting irrational or, or something. Yes. Mm-hmm. But you can start somewhere and the more you can build confidence in yourself and believe in yourself i think Mm -hmm. it's easier to tackle that fear okay i think it's just a biological response for us to keep us in order and keep us in check and and keep us safe and comfortable Mm -hmm. and uh because you know maybe if you 
let go of that fear, you're 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 having a risk, and that sure. risk could get you killed, or you know. Well, or, let's look at action sports for a minute, just because that's what I know. But a lot of so with action sports and trying all these crazy stunts and crazy tricks, there's a lot of fear. At what point, you know, do you have to go to these levels, you know, where it's life or death situations to learn these new tricks and that kind of thing? You know, is it worth going to that extent to get killed over, over getting this feeling, you know, of doing that thing? That's what you said. Is it worth it? Mm-hmm. And I think that you have to truly take that into account. And sometimes people will second guess themselves and mm-hmm. because they go, is it really worth it? I'm not really sure, but I think it's good to just try it. And, okay. and you got to start somewhere again, like you're not going to go hit a, a huge jump right away. You're gonna have to try little jumps first. Yeah. You know? And so if you build yourself up, well, I mean, you could hit the big jump first, but you're probably not going to make it. Yeah, and it might, it might, you, that might be your last jump. Yeah. So, you know, you fair. take it slow. Aim, aim high for certain goals, mm-hmm. but aim low in the day to day because it's going to take you a long time to get there. And it's then a process. How, yeah, I was curious about that too. So, like running a thousand miles, you're not, I mean, obviously you're thinking about a thousand miles, but are you more focused about, okay, running five miles today? It's or? what's happening today. Mm-hmm. And I think, something that's helped me over the years is when I wake up, I say, how can I make my day the best it can be? Mm -hmm. And I'll, sometimes I'll just make a mental check of some things or I'll write stuff down. I think writing things down and being able to check that off really helps you throughout your day. Mm -hmm. But you know, you might, you might hit that at 50%, but that's better than hitting it at 0%. Yeah, totally. So um, if you can work on that and each day gets better and you're able to hit, hit the goals that you have for each day, Mm-hmm. You know, that's what I mean by aiming low and, and getting better at that, because the more efficient that you became, can become, mm-hmm. the better you're going to be off a year from now, two years from now. I think that's important for us is to keep keep ourselves efficient and, and growing. moving. Yeah. Now, I was curious about this. This is a good question. How do you find that goal? How do you find that target? You know, people come up to me and they're like, I don't know what I want to do. I don't know what goals to set for myself. How do I find them? What, what are your thoughts on that? How would you answer that question? Well, I think most people or all of us have no idea what we're doing in a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we're just taking certain ang- the things that we like and like to do. And, people around us. But I feel like those people that say, I don't know what to do, they do know what they want to do. It's just they have to really look um, deeper deeper in themselves. And I think by asking questions like, mm-hmm. well, what do you like to do? What are the, some some of the things that you enjoy you know yeah, and yeah. you start to find these little things where they start opening up and talking about like mm-hmm. i like to play guitar or i like to go for walks or something and it's like we'll keep doing that you know mm-hmm. or what 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 makes you feel bad and they're like well this this and this we'll try mm-hmm. to avoid those things you know okay that's cool yeah i was curious um what if someone says you know well i don't i don't like anything you know i don't have any hobbies i just go to school or i just work i don't have any things i do on the side how would you try new things okay that's an easy one yeah yeah totally there's got to be something that you like art Mm. going to concerts eating really good food cooking good food something you know there's something for everyone have you been doing new things daily? I know I used to talk a lot about trying new things once a day, you know, learn something new once a day. Mm-hmm. Have you been doing that? I Every day I'm learning something new. I, I'm always trying to watch um, educators and mm-hmm. uh, read. And so, um, but yeah, it's, yeah, it's 
it's important to keep doing that every day. Yeah, that's fair. Is there anything that you are currently, I always like to add this, ask this question because I think it's a really good one. Is there any personal development skills that you're working on right now or any of the things that you're like focusing on that you really want to grow? Sure. Uh, I had to finish your, your, your past question, uh, trying new things. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I took up Taekwondo. Uh, I started, I took a class <laughs> in Normandale. I was like, you know, why not? I've been wanting to do martial arts my entire life and sure. just, you know, why not? And so I, mm-hmm. I picked up that class and I did it at Normandale and I really enjoyed it. So now I'm continue. I continued on and I'm a, I'm a yellow belt green stripe, you know, working <laughs> my awesome. way and I'm, you know, I'm working with, uh, I'm training with black belts every day. And so it's just, that is a long ways away, but it's mm-hmm. each, each day that'll get you to that point. Mm-hmm. You have to be willing to, to go for that ride. And so then I, I started uh, jujitsu and kickboxing. And so now all, all of a sudden this passion for combat sports is, mm-hmm. is coming into my life. Right. So it's trying new things. You know, I would, I would have never known that if you I, were into that. Yeah. Until I started it, you know, I what, thought I might be interested, and once I did it, I loved it. So. I was gonna ask you, yeah, what made, what was the decision? They're like, hey, let's try this. Like, was it just curiosity? The, the, yeah, yeah. I mean, but again, from a young age, I wanted to do martial arts. I it was suppose. just, it wasn't mm-hmm. a part of my, um, my family or anything. And you know, mm-hmm. I had played almost every other sport growing up, but yeah, it, martial arts just. It, my parents were always worried that someone's gonna get, you know, head trauma or something mm-hmm. like that. But you don't have to spar with people. You can just yeah learn technique and it's form defense and, and yeah yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so going back to personal development stuff, what is the skill that you're currently working on to better yourself? Patience. Okay. Um, that's, that's something, you know, uh, I would say this is a great time to talk to you because the past about, I would say three or four months have been pretty rough for me. And so I think, uh, patience has been something that's been hard because a, a lot of times we want things to happen now yeah instant and, gratification yeah oh especially today with mm-hmm. um social media and all these different things of course and, and watching 30 second clips or two yeah. minutes two minute mm-hmm. videos you know that's we just want that information right now but it's um you know i listen to three hour videos or mm-hmm. four hour videos where people are having these long-standing conversations or podcasts sure. or whatever and so mm-hmm. i think it's to be able to be patient and go for the ride and go for the journey mm-hmm. i mean these podcasts are an amazing thing where you can sit down and yeah explore you know mm-hmm. that's awesome that's really cool yeah have you i've, I've noticed that quite a bit i've i'm trying to learn it like patience is i've always it depends on what it's for some things i'm really good at with patience and I'm like really good with waiting and just being patient and whatnot. Like if it's things for my girlfriend or things for my family or whatever that I care about, I'm just like, okay, this is what it is. It's not the end of the world. I can just wait. But then other things, it's like, I want it now, like stuff for, you know, my new make happiness or other random things. It's like, I run it now. I want it to go faster and whatever. It's really interesting that how some things, you know, come easier with patience and other things you want it more instantaneously do you think that's because of the amount of energy you want or the amount of passion you have for it or the connection to it i would say i mean it would make sense the more passion that you have for something the more you want it now Mm -hmm. but yeah i think it's more i think it's more gratifying if uh if you can really see that path and see how to get there and and how much work it's going to take and mm-hmm. and once you get there how rewarding it's going to be like would you so you think it would be better you know setting this goal for a thousand miles is going to be more gratifying than if you were to set a goal for 200 miles i think that if you accomplish anything it's going to be rewarding but yes mm-hmm. i'm 200 miles a thousand it's a bigger number you know yeah. i it's going to be it's going to be take more time it's mm-hmm. going to um, take more recovery and, and training in the process. Yeah. I, I would, I would say that'd be more gratifying if I ran 10,000 miles, it would be, 
you know, more gratifying. <laughs> right. So that's fair. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, I was curious if you, is there anything that you want to touch on or talk about in this podcast or any things that you were curious about or wanted to ask me or that kind of thing? Sure. But to keep going on, uh, personal development. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I think one thing is a lot of people find themselves in, in bad situations Mm -hmm. or they're really down in their lives and they don't know what to do about it. Mm -hmm. Um, totally. I was going somewhere. (laughs) Hey, aren't we all? (laughs) Um, is it self-awareness? Oh, so, well, I mean, that's a big part of it, self-awareness. Mm-hmm. But um, I think you need to be able to recognize, a lot of people say, like, you know, this is this is awful. But I think you need to be able to recognize that it can always be worse or mm-hmm. it can always be better. But yeah, I think that if, if you're in a point where you're down in a hole and it's, it's tough to climb out of, mm-hmm. um, I think you need to be able to say that this situation could be far, far worse. I think... For people to be able to really take advantage of their lives, I think it needs to be able to be it needs to be put into perspective, and you need to be able to create your own personal hell and your mm. own personal heaven. Okay. And I think if you see the situation as that, wow, this could be way worse than it is right now. Mm-hmm. My situation isn't actually that bad. Yeah. But how if I keep going down this track? Mm-hmm. If I keep doing the things that I, I don't think that I like, you should do the things that you think you need to do for yourself and in your life and if you keep doing the wrong things and you keep procrastinating and avoiding it and living in the comfort and just taking the easy route then you're never going to get there you're going to see how you could go down that path and what hell could really be like Mm. and you say i don't want to go there because that is the most that is the worst possible thing and because of seeing that you go my situation isn't that bad i can change the situation um day by day i'm going to make my 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 like, how can this day be the best day possible? Right. You know? How can I change this perspective? Yeah. Or how can I make the week, you know, a good week? Mm-hmm. You know, there's going to be stuff that happens throughout the week, but you can just keep pushing, you know? Totally. I, I agree 100%. I think that's a really important thing because a lot of – I used to be like that a lot. I would sit and I'd be very stuck in my ways and be, this is what it is. I can't change anything. You know, this is the worst thing in the world until I kind of understood that, well, it's really not that bad compared to everything else. Right. You know, you got to – Just put it in perspective. Mm-hmm. Which can be really hard to do sometimes. Yeah, yeah. especially <laughs> if, if you are really down and you're really struggling. Yeah. You know, and you can't just tell someone, you know, like – it's not that bad. Yeah, it's a, like, yeah. why don't you just be happy, man? Like, <laughs> yeah, I, people, yeah, they get really annoyed with me sometimes because I do that to them. But yeah, yeah, it can. I understand that it's really hard. You know, like if you have lost families or loved ones or whatever, and you're just there's nothing you can do about it, and you're completely devastated. Right, or you're sick, you know. Mm-hmm. But I think it's always that you're if you take some kind of action you can hope that it's going to get better. Yeah. I think the worst thing that you could do is do nothing at all. Yeah. Nothing in hope, you mm-hmm. know, not doing no action and hoping is mm-hmm. about the worst thing that you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think about, you know, to quote Batman, <laughs> uh, I was watching it the other day and <clears throat> there's this point in the movie where, uh, Rachel, one of the characters says to Batman, she goes, it's not about who you are underneath. It's what you do that defines us. Mm. And so, um, it's not about your intentions that you have or who you think you are, who you want to be. It's what you do from that that right. matters. The actions. Yes. That's really cool. Yeah. Because I tell, yeah, that's a big part of it. It's, you know, it, it's more or less 
just because you want this or you think this way, or you know, you're about these passions or whatever. Yes. That's all in your head. And that's what, those are your beliefs. But you know, if you act this way or you take, you know, you make these decisions, they could be perceived completely different. You know, if you say, Oh, I'm religious, but you never go to church or you swear a lot or do all these sins. It's like, you know, it goes both ways. Yeah. Yeah. But, I see a lot of people who have uh, mm-hmm. a bunch of tattoos that are yeah super religious. It's like, you're not supposed to harm your body in any way, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's interesting yeah cool but yeah so going do you is there anything that you wanted to touch on or talk about in this podcast are you curious or wanted to ask me how do you find what because we've touched a lot on a lot of things but yeah we have i think i think it's a big thing to mm-hmm. um on this podcast you guys have talked about what makes yourselves what, what makes you happy what's something that someone can do mm-hmm. to make to make their day better to to be to make themselves feel good to make happiness how do you do that you know mm-hmm. i think it's it depends you know it's all it depends from person to person because everyone has their own definition of what makes them happy everyone has their own thing that gives them that sense of fulfillment or joy or whatever the feeling may be so i think it's really important we were talking about earlier to go out and do those things and find those passions and when you have that you know that niche whatever it is Make sure that you do those things. If it's, you know, once a day or once a week or however many times you need to do it, like you do meditation or whatever, and that helps you, that stays you on track with whatever. So I think that's one of the most important things is to make sure that you do those things that bring you that joy or that feeling. Mm-hmm. And that's what ultimately is going to bring you, you know, the happiness throughout your entire life. So like my biggest thing for happiness is making other people feel good, helping others and biking. And I do both of those things, you know, every day. And so that's how I live such a happy, fulfilling life is mm-hmm. because I practice most or those two passion, the most passionate things about my entire life. I practice every day. I think also you need to keep a balance in your life. Oh, totally. Like I, I enjoy uh, a couple beers every once in a while or a mm-hmm. little glass of whiskey. But if you're having a bottle of whiskey every night or you're having a 12 pack every night, then Mm. it's become an excessive thing. And just because that's enjoyable for you. Right. Um, you need to be able to manage those certain things. Totally. You know, or if you're cliff jumping all the time and Mm -hmm. you keep up in that 80 foot, 90 feet, 120 feet. And at a certain point, like you're, it's going to be excessive and something's Mm going to happen, you know? So you have, or something remarkable could happen. You know, you could set a record or you could find, you could be on Red Bull for clear. Have you seen those videos? Yeah. Like, you know, you never know. Sure. But I totally agree with you. I think balance is very important. I think that you need to have other things in your life other than just strictly passions. Because I do think, you know, it's good to expand your horizons. Yes, like I work, you know, I work at Q and it's not the greatest job in the world. It's a glorified warehouse. It's Mm -hmm. not great, but it's a good job. Like, so it's very like it helps me stay sane as far as there are a bunch of people who work there who aren't into bikes and who aren't very happy. So there's tons of people that I'm around all day who are very negative and I guess not really negative, but you know, more quote unquote realistic and whatever. So it helps me put it into perspective that not everyone is like me. Not everyone is like this insane, passionate person who always does what they love sure. kind of thing. Or, or for like a lot of people, it doesn't matter what job it is, but let's talk about Q. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, will get too comfortable in their job and and mm-hmm. um they don't want to leave even if they hate it oh yeah it's just because i'm getting a paycheck i'm paying mm-hmm. for my bills and you could look for a new job and in two weeks you could have a new job you but know it's, it's the fear they're afraid yeah they're afraid of, mm-hmm. of change i mean and you just got to be able to accept it recognize that and just mm-hmm. and move on because if if you're doing a job that 
you absolutely hate and you're not getting paid well enough for it, mm-hmm. then don't do that job. Right. You know, and and I guarantee there is something else out there that's going to make you a little bit more happy mm-hmm. and you don't have to wake up and go, I have to go do this horrible job, you know. Mm-hmm. But that's the other thing, too. I know a lot of people say that, like, even with this horrible job, there are good moments in this horrible thing. There might be, yeah. Like, I would have never met you if you didn't work at Q and you left Q because you weren't happy kind of thing. Right. Yeah, but, got too comfortable. It was mm-hmm. like it's time to time to try something new, try to do something different. Because, mm-hmm. um, again, pushing yourself out of your comfort zone is the only way that you can grow. Totally. Yeah. I agree. Trying new things. Which is why I'm uh, trying new things and going on that aspect of growing out of your comfort zone is kind of a personal thing or personal development skill that I've been working on. So this, I just recently, actually on Monday or Tuesday, I got a gym membership to LA Fitness. Okay. So I'm trying to work. I'm going to be working out five days a week, and I really want to get more in the routine of working out in the morning. And then I'm going to be starting school in August. So I'm going to be doing workouts every day in the morning and then going to school from 8 a.m. to noon. And then I'll be at Q from 2 to 10. So it's like my whole day is going to be chaos and full of schedule and productivity. Right. But at least you have a schedule. Yeah. Some people don't the day is open, you know, Mm -hmm. and they kind of just, they don't know what they're going to do for the day. I think that's something that's very important is Mm -hmm. if you feel lost, um, and you don't know where you're going to go. I feel like that's when people or what you're doing, you know, like I feel, I feel like that's when people are at their lowest. Yeah. They lose the direction, you know, cause it's, I, you just got to pick a path. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I think it's, you could just sit around and wait and, and think about things, but if there's no action behind it, mm-hmm. you know... Uh, you're not walking down a certain road of any... If you're just sitting there. Right, and so, like, for me, I, I had a I had a point just a couple months ago where it was like, what am I really doing? What do I really want? Mm-hmm. Um, how am I going to do it? You mm-hmm. know, and, and so it just felt like I was going down a path with no destination. Yeah. And so I think that even if you don't have a destination, you're like, I'm going to... I'm going to take this path because it's going to get me somewhere, you mm-hmm. know, which is better than where you are. Yeah. Yeah. It's better than just, I'm just going in a direction. I don't know where I'm going, but mm-hmm. if you have some kind of goal, there's, there's places that you can get to before you get to your final destination, you know? Right. Do you know? So I was curious, what, what path did you take? Or, you know, what are you, what are you working at now? You know, what, where is your direction if you were at that point in your life a couple months ago? So, I mean, uh, where I, do you want to go? Well, <laughs> School's always been rough for me. Oh know, yeah, totally. Same uh, here. I think that's the problem is if if you if you don't know what you really want, mm-hmm. it's going to be hard to be motivated to really yeah. do well at whatever you're doing. And so definitely, hundred percent. I went. I first started going to school for engineering, and I realized that I didn't want to sit in front of a computer working <laughs> on programs and building yeah. little parts for mm-hmm. uh, some company or whatever. And so yeah, um, I decided that. I wanted to help people. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a horrible uh, ankle injury. Right. And so... Um, <laughs> Excuse the door opening. It's fine. <laughs> I had a horrible an- ankle injury, and so I went through seven months of, of physical therapy. Okay. And so going through that and um, having them get me back to being able to run and do the certain things... Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like it was I felt such gratitude for yeah. them helping me get there. It brought you back to, you know, your, your destination and your direction and where you wanted to go. And so talking about helping other people, that's, mm-hmm. that's what I wanted to do. So I, I'm going to school for kinesiology and physical therapy because I mm-hmm. think that 
you know, making other people want to be healthier and feel healthier and getting Mm -hmm. people to accomplish their goals Mm -hmm. in that way is very rewarding. So I think I finally found at least a path and, you know, it might not be the right path or whatever, but it's something. It's the right path right now. Yeah. Yeah. And things change, you know, Mm -hmm. you don't have to be, if you go to school for something and you do that for 10 years, you can always go back to school. Yeah. You know, and a lot of people that's scary to just mm-hmm. like leave their job and, and go back to school or something, but you could set yourself up for that. And totally. Yeah. So I was, this is really interesting that you say that you kind of redirected yourself and you want to go do this therapy thing. Cause you want to help people. And I feel like in nearly every episode of this podcast, we always, someone brings up helping someone or helping other people. That's a very reoccurring theme, which mm-hmm. is really interesting. Do you think that's where we get our most fulfillments and our most sense of accomplishment in society or contribution to society is helping other people accomplish their goals or helping other people get their, you know, fulfillment, you know, or helping them? I think that can be rewarding for sure. Okay. Um, I don't, it, yeah, it might be, it just depends on the person. I mean, but, uh, I think that it's really reward for yourself when you help other people oh yeah it's selfish i had heard mm-hmm. you guys talk about it. It, it it is it is a selfish thing in a lot of ways mm-hmm. i don't think that we're um when i took one of my philosophy my ethics course at mm-hmm. normandale we talked about altruism mm-hmm. and i don't think that altruism necessarily exists i don't think that you can totally 100 percent just do something for someone and that altruistic i think that it's always because like if you see someone lying on the road and pain you would help them because you would want someone to help you. You know, I think that in a lot of ways, but that doesn't matter that it, Mm -hmm. that it could be a selfish thing. The point, the meaning behind it is that you are helping someone else and it it does make you feel good. Totally. And so, you know, yeah, I know. Well, we touched on this a couple episodes ago. We, we talked about how I think that everything relates to selfishness, you know, no matter what you're doing, you're doing it in despite of yourself. Even if you're helping someone on the side of the road, you're doing it for your own good. Like you were saying, because you want someone to do the same. You're self-interested. Yes. Mm But I also think that that's like where we get that self-contribution because we're helping other people and it makes us feel good. And we get that gratitude. We get that. It is, you know, in retrospect, going back to thinking about what we're doing for ourselves, but you're also doing it for other people, which is a good thing. And we have that humble, uh, I guess, I don't know what's the right word for it, but we're, I'm trying to think, I don't know, but you're, we get that a sense of accomplishment for helping other people. And, you know, you get that same feeling, whether it be, even opening the door for someone, you know, or paying for someone's uh, meal or whatever. But or just complimenting someone. I mean, the other day, I, I've been doing that a lot more recently is just mm-hmm. complimenting someone. You know, yeah, like, yeah. I like your tattoo. I like your hair. Something, you know, just it, it, it makes their day just a little bit better. Do you, have you been getting compliments to you more? Um, I guess I don't pay attention to it all that much, but okay. That's fair. maybe <laughs> it may be if I, if I focus on it, maybe, mm-hmm but yeah that's cool um yeah i don't know i think how long we've been going on for over an hour probably on this i was curious um do you have anything last last thoughts or i mean i'm sure there's a lot more we can talk about i suppose that's fair we'll (laughs) we'll have to see maybe if the viewers like this episode we could have a we could do a second one with you because i think we got into some really cool stuff yeah you know i was gonna bring a, a a I had a note sheet, but I just wanted to, our first one to be genuine and authentic and oh, just sure. on the spot, you know, because mm-hmm. I think that's, that's what makes a lot of good podcasts is just on the spot and totally. what can you come up with, you mm-hmm. know, so. which is awesome. Yeah. And I really like that idea. Cause I, th- 
that's what I've kind of come to when we first started it is really structured and we tried to go through that kind of thing, but didn't really work for us or work for me, I guess. Cause I'm more or less, I like going off of, you know, each other's conversation, just going with the flow kind of thing. I do have notes I'm looking at right now, but they're just like four questions right here, you know, just random topics that we already touched on. And then sure. we just go off on other tangents and then it just kind of snowballs. Well, and it's hard to just pull that information out totally and say it the way that you want to say it. Cause you could say something a hundred times, a hundred different ways. And mm-hmm. it might not be the way that you really wanted to. And then you'll think of it, you know, an hour later after we're done recording, you'd be like, Oh shit, I should have said that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but cool, man. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. I really appreciate you all listening. Share it with your friends, share it with the world. You want to say goodbye or any last things? No, just thanks for having me. I'd love to come mm-hmm. back. That'd be yeah, totally. Yeah. That would be really cool. Well, I appreciate you coming on. It's, it means a lot. Yeah. I think it's really cool. It's always good hanging out with you and talking Definitely. to you because you got that same energy level and just that, I don't know, the wavelength or vibe or whatever, you know. That, <laughs> but yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, thank you. So take it easy. Enjoy the rest of your Monday. Always remember to make some happiness. Look up. Look up.